It is good to see you all this morning. It's a sigh of relief that affirms me that I did not mess up too badly last week and that you guys couldn't bear coming again this week. So it's good to see you all. Uh, Let's just go ahead and open up in prayer. Father God, you are just such a loving God. And as we just sang, Father, your Son, Jesus, he, He is so good. And you, Father, You are so good as well, and we just thank you so much. We thank you for your love and just the love pouring down on us. And Father, just be with us this morning. Let our hearts and our minds just be set on you and you alone. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out here. Can we we have all the fathers stand up and just recognize all that you do for everyone? Thank you. Thank you, fathers, for all that you do. And you're welcome, ladies and kids, uh, for the friendly, remind, the friendly reminder that it is Father's Day. And you should probably do something for your father if you have not already. Now, how many of you guys have heard someone say, prayer just doesn't seem to work? Can I get a show of hands? How many of you guys have heard someone say that prayer just does not seem to be working no matter what he or she does. Or sometimes we may feel that same way as well, that prayer just does not seem to be working. And now it's under my belief that many of those people who think that, or at times many of us can think that, is that we have the wrong mindset of prayer. We don't fully understand or we aren't thinking about what the purpose of prayer is. And so this morning, we're going to talk about what the purpose of prayer is. And the purpose of prayer is developing a relationship with God. The purpose of prayer is developing a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. So to begin with, to help us understand what the purpose of prayer is, if we're praying to God, the Almighty Creator of the heavens and earth, it seems kind of important that we should know and understand who God is. So to help us understand the purpose of what prayer is, we're going to study uh, who God is. And now God is an all-powerful being. And to be quite frank, uh, Larry, he doesn't need any of us. Not even you, Larry. I'm sorry. That may offend you. (laughs) Um, But God doesn't need any of us. God is all-powerful. He created the heavens and the in the earth, as we all know that. And um, however, God desires a relationship with each and every one of us. And God created us. In the beginning, see, God is called, God often describes himself as the Alpha and the Omega. And what that means, the Alpha, it's the beginning, and the Omega is the end. God is the beginning and the end. He was there before the beginning of time. God has always been, always will be. God is God. And we were not here. Humans were not here. The heavens were not here. The earth was not here. It was just God. And God was perfect. He didn't need any of us. But God, he created us. And we can see that in Genesis chapter 1, if you'll flip with me. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Just the very first book in the very first chapter. Genesis 1.26 reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock 
and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so I want you guys to take note here is not did only God create us, his masterpiece of his whole creation, but it says here in verse 27 and 26, it said, so God created man in what? In his own image. That's special. And now in the Hebrew, they didn't have, uh, the Hebrew uh, is what it was originally written, the Old Testament. And in the Hebrew, they didn't have any uh, punctuation marks, like commas, periods, question marks, exclamation points. And so to emphasize a point, they would often repeat a phrase. And so we hear, see here in verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And now why is this important, that God created us in his own image? Well, that's important because there's a study done. They took four large classrooms of college students and these uh, researchers studied where these college students would sit. They had the ch- freedom of choice to sit wherever they wanted in, a, in this college class, and they studied four different classrooms. And throughout their analysis, they figured something out. They learned that people, gener- or these students, they generally sat next to others that looked like them. They generally associated with others that looked like them, maybe talked like them, had similar interests. And that is true with us for the most part. I'm just going to go out, on a limb, go out on a limb and assume that most of your friends, you're kind of similar to them, rather, whether the same race, kind of the same accent, same interest. We associate with people that we are similar to. And that's why it's important that God created us in his own image. And that, and that way, we are much more effectively able to communicate to the creator of the almighty heavens and the earth. What a privilege that is that we are able to communicate. And not only that, but God chose us. He singled us out to create us in his own image. What a privilege that is. And it helps us communicate with him. And now not only does, did God create us in his image, but as I said earlier, God desires a relationship with each and every one of you guys out there. And now how do I know this? Well, Paul beautifully demonstrates this in the book of Romans. If we go ahead and flip to the book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 5, we're going to read verses 6 through 8. Romans, the book of Romans is a letter from Paul to the church in Rome. And Paul says in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6, he, he writes, For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his love in that while we were still sinners, he sent, in his, he sent in his one and only perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Not only did God choose to send his son, it, it was his will. It was his will. Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And it was God's will that he watch his son suffer 
on that cross and we ask why? Why was it God's will that Jesus should suffer on that cross, his perfect son? And the answer to that question is you. It's you. That's why God, it was his will that his son suffer because of you. God wants a relationship with you and he loves you. It was his perfect will to see his son suffer on that cross. So before we, we begin to study the purpose of prayer, we must understand these two truths of God. That God, one, he created us in his own image so that we could effectively communicate with him. And number two, God wants a relationship with each and every one of you. And it's possible because he created us in his own image. And James 4.8 states that if we draw near to God, that he will draw near to us. Therefore, the only thing preventing you from having a relationship with God is, again, you. You're the only thing stopping you from building a more firm, deep, strong relationship with God. Because if you draw near to God, then God in turn will draw near to you. And so now the purpose of prayer, if we understand these two truths about God, the purpose of prayer is developing a relationship with God. And if we desire God, and if we desire a relationship with God, then God in turn will desire a relationship with us, and he'll pursue that. And so if we look into prayer, we look into the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. Jesus shows us how to pray. So in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1, we read, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. I'm sure the rest of us can quote the rest of the Lord's Prayer. But what I want to take note is that at the very beginning Jesus says, when you pray, say, what's the very first word that Jesus says? It's Father. When you pray, say Father. Prayer is a personal thing. It's meant to be personal. It's meant to connect you to your Father. We are praying, yes, to the Almighty Creator of the heavens and the earth. But guess what? That Almighty Creator, that Creator who created all of this, created all of us, that's your Father. That's your daddy. That's your father who loves you. And Jesus tells us to pray when we pray, say father, because it's supposed to be a personal thing between us and our father. And today we celebrate Father's Day and we, we appreciate all that our fathers do. But not only that, should we appreciate all that our fathers do on Father's Day, our earthly fathers, we should also appreciate what our heavenly father does. We should appreciate that every day, but especially on Father's Day as we celebrate all the love that our fathers show us and the support and the care and the safety they provide for us. We should be thanking God for all that as well on Father's Day because he is our daddy. He is our father. Prayer is a mode of communication to our father. And so just like you talk to your earthly father, just like you talk to your dad, your daddy, however you call him, pops, Paul, as they call him down south. I know, it's kind of weird. I hope, hope I didn't offend anyone here. Um, so just as you talk to your earthly dad, we are to talk to our heavenly father as well. God wants to hear from you. 
your earthly fathers, your dads, they want to hear from you. And God, he's no different. He wants to hear from you. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean that throughout the whole day, the full 24-hour period, that we have to constantly be praying, God, thank you for this, yada, 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 God. No, we don't need to pray necessarily literally without ceasing, but we need to pray continually. Just as we talk to our dads on a continual basis, we need to talk to God on a continuous basis, seek guidance from him, talk to him, develop a relationship with God because God, one, he created us in his own image, and two, God wants a personal relationship with each and every one of you guys. And prayer is our mode of communication. If you're out driving, just turn off the radio and talk to God. If you're taking a shower, just focus in on God, focus in on his beauty, just talk to him. If you're sitting at work or school and you have nothing better to do, just pray to God. Talk to God. If you're about to eat, send a quick prayer to God, thanking him for this meal. God wants to hear from you. He loves you, and he wants to hear from you on a continuous basis. He wants to spend time with you. We spend time with those that we are close to. Now, uh, when I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, Jamie, and I, I'll constantly bug her. It's like, hey, hey, you're not giving me enough attention. Talk to me. Look, look at me. I need your attention. And many of us may be the same way. We want, we want the people we care about to give, them, to give us their attention. And God is no different. God is a jealous God. And that's a good thing, that God is a jealous God. Many of us may view the jealousy of God being a bad thing, but that's very good. God is jealous for your time. He yearns after your time as individuals. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the most powerful being, desires your time and is jealous when you give your time to others. And so when we seek attention from others that we love, just take note that God is no different. He wants us to spend time with him and talk with him. Now a problem that many of us may have when praying to God or having our relationship with God is many of us may view God as more of company or a guest. And now at my home in Michigan, when we have people coming over to our house, we'll clean the living room, we'll clean the dining room, the kitchen, the bathroom, and it'll be spotless. All the areas that they'll go into, we'll make sure it's all clean for me. That often means throwing the stuff under my bed or shoving it into the closet and cramming the door closed. In our house, we have a storage room, I'm sure many of you guys too, and the storage room is cluttered of just about everything that you could ever imagine. I'm, many of you guys, I'm sure many of you guys have a room like that as well. But when company comes over, we shut that door and we don't let them go in that room and we don't let them see that room. And I'm sure many of you guys have a place in your house that's like, no, you guys are not welcome to see this room because it is a disaster. It's a mess. We don't want you to see this mess. And now I want you guys to imagine your life as a house. Do you treat God like guest or company? And that he's not able to enter the messy areas of your life? He's not able to enter the areas of sin that you may have? Or do you treat God like a father? A father of the house who rules the house and is in charge of the house? 
and has dominion over all rooms of the house. Until you stop treating God like a guest or company and you hide these dark areas from God, you will never have a deep, loving, long-term relationship with God. Because God, he's not our guest, he's not our company, he's not just a friend of ours. God is our father, he's our daddy. And when we close the door on the rooms that he's not able to enter, it's often those rooms that we close them out, it's those rooms that only God can clean. It's, it's sad to see people close God out of the parts of their lives, out of the aspects of their lives, which they need God the most. God knows we aren't perfect. God knows we're going to mess up. God knows we sin. So don't think you need to have your life in order before you turn to God. God knows our mistakes. He knows our sins. And so turn to God. Turn to God, the only one who can clean those rooms, those dirty rooms that we hide away from everyone. Turn to God. God is our creator. God is our father who loves us so much, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And we ask, why did God do that? It's because of you. Why? Because God wants a relationship with you. He wants to help you through all your difficulties and your problems and your hard times. And so we can't treat God like a guest or company. We must treat God like our Father. And so when we pray to God, view your time of prayer as a mean of communication with God. Draw close to him because we see in James 4, if we draw near to God, God in turn will draw near to us. And that's the whole purpose of prayer. The whole purpose of prayer is developing that relationship with God, developing that relationship with your Father who desires a relationship with you. That's the whole purpose. When people are thinking that prayer just does not seem to be working, no matter what I do, whether I pray in the morning or at night or before meals, no matter how often I pray, prayer just not, does not seem to work. That's the wrong mindset. That's the wrong mindset. Prayer is not a wish list. It's not just a wish list. It's a means of communication to our Heavenly Father. When we have a time to pray and seek God, it is working because you are developing that relationship with God. That's the purpose of prayer, developing that relationship with God. And now you may ask, well then, why do we ask God for all these things? It's because when we develop that relationship with God, he cares for us. And what do you do for people that you care about? You help them out in ways that you can. And so yes, no, I'm not saying it's wrong to ask God to ask God to comfort the family of Maryland. That's a very noble prayer. And that's a good prayer. But that's only a good prayer if you're connected to God. If you're focusing on developing that relationship with God. So don't view prayer as a wish list, as God, as a genie, and you have a certain number of wishes. No. Prayer is a way to talk to your heavenly Father who loves you so much. 
It's a simple way for the creator of the heavens and the earth to communicate with his beloved creation, his masterpiece. And his masterpiece, it's you guys. It's you. You the people that he created in his own image. You the people that God desires a relationship with. And so we think about prayer. The purpose of prayer is seeking and developing that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father God, you're just such a wonderful God. And God, we just thank you for the ability to be able to communicate to you. God, you are all-powerful. God, you do not need us. But God, you desire a relationship with us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the love that you showed us and continue to show us the love that you displayed as Jesus died on that cross for our sins. Father, we thank you for that. We cannot thank you enough. And God, just please help us focus in on you and focus in on the power of prayer and being able to connect with the almighty creator, you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.